Welcome to the Mile High Church Podcast. This year's Thanksgiving service will premiere Thanksgiving morning at 10 a.m. Take a sacred break alone or with loved ones to give thanks and celebrate life's many blessings. Visit milehighchurch.org for details. And now, Creative Appreciation Part 1, Doorway to the Sacred with Josh Reeves. Good morning to you. I invite us to begin this message today by checking in with ourselves. How are you? How are you really? How are you feeling? Is there fear or sadness present? Anger or frustration? Just gratitude and joy. Whatever it is, know that in this virtual sanctuary that we create together, that no matter what we're feeling, we are encompassed by a divine, sacred, and powerful love. Each and every one of us, no one excluded, surrounded by the beloved. And there once was a man who knocked on the door of the beloved. And a voice from behind the door said, who's there? And the man answered, it is I. And the voice behind the door answered, in this place, there is no room for I and thee. And so the man went away and meditated and did his spiritual work for a year and and returned to the door of the beloved and knocked once again. And the voice said, who's there? And the man said, it is thee. And he was allowed entrance into the beloved. This famous piece from the Sufi mystic Rumi, uh, I used to apply to ideas of the afterlife, that one day I might pass away and have my spirit still exist and knock on the door of heaven to get in. And there might be a voice that says, who's there? And I might answer, it's me, Josh, and not be allowed entrance because I didn't realize that entering into heaven isn't about self-identification, but it's about spiritual realization, that I can't enter into the beloved unless I'm willing to recognize myself as a child of the sacred, as a child of divinity, until I'm able to recognize that God is, is always with me. But as time's gone along, I, I like to apply this story more to life in every day. That each and every day, I stand at the door of the beloved. And when I'm too much into the self-identification, which in the midst of the story means my drama, my self-obsession, my worries, my distractions, those things that would keep me outside of the beloved in the first place. I have to let those go. And I have to acknowledge that the beloved exists, that the sacred exists. It sounds complex, but that's how easy it is when I can acknowledge the beloved one, when I can acknowledge the sacredness in all people and in all life, I enter into the sacred. And I know of no greater tool to enter into that sacred knowingness than a two-part series I'm starting today that I'm calling Creative Appreciation. Creative Appreciation is how we enter the sacred. And it's a pragmatic and powerful appreciation because it's not just about acknowledging and appreciating what has been but what is in such a way that doesn't just magnify 
our blessings, but can actually multiply our blessings. And in honor of it being Thanksgiving week, I wanted to really focus this morning on gratitude and share with you today that for me, gratitude is the doorway to the sacred. When we can be, acknowledge, and live in gratitude, the sacred enters us as we have entered it. And not only is it lovely to be there, it's creative, it's powerful, and it's dynamic. And so I want to share with you uh, multiple techniques for practicing gratitude today, uh, but under a few headings in particular. And the, the first one is learn to practice creative appreciation, gratitude, the doorway to the sacred, by giving thanks for the whole of your life. Don't just give thanks for parts of your life, but learn to give thanks for the whole of your life. There's no doubt during Thanksgiving this year uh, that some of us won't be thankful for 2020. There's so much to be grateful for, but some people authentically in grief might be not giving thanks for the year, and someone certainly is going to say something sarcastic about 2020 and not being able to wait till it's over. So I decided I would engage in a creative endeavor uh, this year, and you can try to uh, as well. So before I made my gift list of what I'm grateful for, I decided to make a list of what I'm not grateful for. Sounds a little pessimistic, but it actually filled me with some appreciation, believe it or not. And so if you don't mind, I'd like to share that list with you today. So the first thing I'm not grateful for is COVID-19. Not grateful for COVID-19. I'm not grateful for anything to do with COVID-19. I'm not grateful to not get to see my loved ones here at church. I'm not grateful for having to wear a mask. I'm not grateful for having to cross to the other side of the street when I see someone walking by. I am not grateful for contactless delivery, whatever that's supposed to mean. I mean, if, your door, if you never see your door driver uh, and your food winds up on your porch, was he ever really there? Well, you know, maybe when half my French fries are eaten, but however that works. So I'm not grateful for COVID-19. Being a little bit more playful on the list, I'm not grateful for autocorrect on Facebook or in emails or in text messages. Has that ever worked for you? It's never worked for me. Maybe if there were autocorrect in real life somehow and I could move it to the dial that says, don't tick off my wife, then I would appreciate autocorrect. I'm not grateful for slogans or cliches that don't really mean what they say and create divisions among other human beings. Not grateful for that. I'm not grateful. Here's one for Dr. Barry, who's the only person in the audience today, so I hope when the service is done that you feel like I was speaking just to you, because if not, I'm off. But I'm not grateful for commercials in the middle of baseball games, right? You know, not in between innings, but two on, two out, two strikes, and all of a sudden, this little window pops up about how Domino's has made a pizza that tastes like a taco. You know, God bless human creativity, but not grateful for that. And so doing this list for me has helped me realize and remember something important. That I don't have to give thanks for every part of my life in order to give thanks for the whole of my life. I remember the first night before I got to speak at this beloved church, it was in 2016, 
And uh, it was about 2.30 in the morning, and I was nervous. I was excited. I was in a hotel room, and my eyes were just wide open. I couldn't fall asleep, and, and I was getting frustrated. I was getting worried. What if I'm not at my best, um, you know, et cetera, et cetera. And um, in the frustration of that moment, I just had to, to pause and just take a deep breath and say, not just how do you feel, Josh, about this moment, but how do you feel about everything? How do you feel about the whole of your life right now? And you know what the answer was? Grateful. So freaking grateful. Grateful for life. Grateful for the opportunity to speak to this incredible congregation. Grateful for my my family and my connections. For the epiphanies and experiences I've had along the way. So grateful. Robert Anton Wilson, the philosopher, said, he said, you are exactly as big as that which you love and exactly as small as that which you allow to annoy you. So remembering that wholeness in that bed that night not only helped me fall asleep, it helped bring me back into alignment with who I am. And you can do that too. Whenever your pet peeve button is pressed, whenever you're annoyed or frustrated in the traffic or with things going on in the world, know that you have the ability to reach back to that panoramic view and give thanks for the whole of your life. And if gratitude isn't what you're feeling when you think about the whole of life, my my challenge to you would be to go, go wider. Keep expanding and deepening. And this gratitude, not only can it help us be more ourselves and more appreciative in the present moment, it's creative. It creates more blessings. It creates more prosperity. It demonstrates as a, as a deeper richness of experience. The second practice I want to share with you today for practicing creative appreciation and utilizing gratitude as a, a doorway to the sacred has to do with, with honoring, with sacred honoring. Ludwig Wittgenstein, the philosopher, said something that most of us don't understand, including me, but I want to tell you what it means to me. He said something to the effect of, um, that which we don't speak to, we pass over in silence. Or I like to interpret it to say, that which we fail to appreciate, we pass over in silence. Dr. Michelle gave a great talk last week about kindness, and it reminded me of what Emerson said. He he said that there uh, is more kindness within us than we will ever know. And there's something magical and beautiful about that, but also kind of sad. That for so many of us, we have such feelings of admiration for people, of love for people, of deep caring for people, that sometimes we pass over and don't take the time to articulate to appreciate, and to practice. Well, you know, the people I love, they know uh, I love them. Well, when's the last time you actually spent time loving them? There are people that I admire that, well, it might just not be socially correct to tell the male person how much I appreciate them, or the coffee barista, or the first responder I run into on the street. But there's something powerful in taking the time to articulate your appreciation for others, not in a way that just honors them, but that creates an environment of honoring 
that creates an environment of the sacred for us to springboard from into a greater degree of livingness. A writer by the name of Charles Vogel wrote a book a couple years ago called The The Art of Community, and he shares a birthday ritual that I want to share with you today and invite you to practice it for Thanksgiving. He says, I have a birthday tradition where I clear my calendar to make sure I do at least two things that day. The first is to write a letter to myself about what's happened in the past year, how I feel, and what I aspire to do in the future. This causes me to reflect on how I've spent my time and who's been involved. Then I make a list, this is the important part, of the people who made a difference to me, and I call them one at a time, going down the list. My only goal in each call is to tell these individuals that I notice what they did for me, how they made a difference, and that they matter in my life. Sometimes they've done really extraordinary things that saved me in a tough time. Sometimes they simply extend their friendship and made me feel welcome. I never exaggerate. I simply tell them that they made a difference to me. Who's made a difference in your life this year? In large ways? or in small ways? And what would it mean to take some sacred time to acknowledge those individuals? Vogel goes on, most people never say these things. So when you do, it might sound weird, but good weird. I've never had someone get upset because I make this call, but there are a lot of people who feel newly appreciated and part of a stronger community. Take that time, this Thanksgiving, not just to reflect on gratitude's past, but on the power of gratitude to help move and anchor you deeper in what is sacred and matters most to you in this life so that you can share it profoundly with others. As long as we have this gift of life, share that appreciation with others. And also, take that time not just to acknowledge and appreciate other people, but, but your own accomplishments. Uh, a mentor and friend, uh, Dennis Smith, once said to me, uh, Josh, always take time to celebrate your accomplishments. It's such important advice. Because I would say when we fail to celebrate our accomplishments, we never fully complete them. Sometimes we just go through our lives achieving thing after thing, going on to the next thing, and never quite pausing to smell the roses of the, of, the, of the fruits of our labor, to celebrate our good. Now, you can't throw a big party full of people, but you can create a ritual that honors what you've achieved this year. You can make yourself a, an ice cream sundae consciously and eat it in enjoyment of what you've achieved in the past. You can take a day for sacred reflection to write yourself a letter or just be and acknowledge what you've accomplished in spite of so much perhaps working against you this year. I'm so damn proud of our Mile High Church, of our ministers, of our staff, of our incredible production team here, of uh, our practitioners, of our, our congregation. We have been handed such a challenge and it's challenging, and it's heartbreaking, and we should never be numb to what we've had to sacrifice. And yet, we should not fail to celebrate our connection, 
our ongoing communication, our faith, our ability, no matter what we see going on around us, to remember we are one human family, one expression of divinity, and that love is stronger than fear, stronger than separation, stronger than anything. And when we accept it and learn to embody it collectively, we are a beacon of light to the world. So thank you. Let us celebrate our successes even in this challenging time. The last piece that I want to share with you about creative appreciation and using gratitude as a passageway to the sacred is to love the moment. Love the moment. How can we put that in gratitude speak? We can say, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. We all know those words of Meister Eckert. If the only prayer you ever utter is thank you, that will suffice. Why? Because it's more than a social nicety. It's the recognition of, of being blessed. It's a recognition of, of being a blessing ourselves. It's the recognition of living in the blessing of God and appreciating our life, not after, but while it's taking place. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. People sometimes ask, you know, what's the difference between uh, traditional religion and, and spiritual living? And, and for me, the, the biggest difference is that spiritual living, we, we emphasize spiritual practices that help us experience our closeness with God. Traditional religions do this too, but, but they often emphasize um, observing rules and regulations. And these can bring people closer to God. I'm not criticizing them. But what I would argue is if you're practicing a bunch of rules and regulations that you don't understand, you're practicing someone else's religion. You're practicing someone else's spirituality. The spiritual practices that great religions teach us help us to stay connected through gratitude, through prayer, through forgiveness with the sacred in incredible ways. Talking about the, the danger of too many rules and regulations where we, it doesn't bring us closer with God. It just causes us to, to feel guilty about ourselves and judge other people. I love a famous piece that an author by the name of Deb Price wrote many years ago, and she was uh, trying to create something to, to criticize those who were using their faith to um, discriminate against gays and lesbians. And she gives us the following situation. She says, an engineering professor is treating her husband, a loan officer, to dinner for finally giving in to her pleas to shave off the scraggly beard he grew on vacation. His favorite restaurant is a casual place where they both feel comfortable in slacks and cotton polyester blend golf shirts. But as always, she wears the golden pearl pendant he gave her the day her divorce decree was final. They're laughing over their menus because they know he always ends up diving into a giant plate of ribs, but she won't be talked into anything more fattening than the shrimp. And then she gives us this. She says, quiz, how many biblical prohibitions are they violating? Well... Wives are supposed to be submissive to their husbands, and all women are forbidden to teach men, wear gold or pearls, or dress in clothing that pertains to a man. Shellfish and pork are definitely out, as are usury, shaving, and clothes of more than one fabric, 
And since the Bible rarely recognizes divorce, they're committing adultery, which carries the rather harsh penalty of death by stoning. And she goes on, so why are they having such a good time? Probably because they wouldn't think of worrying about rules that seem absurd, anachronistic, or at best, unrealistic. Yet the same modern-day couple could easily be among the millions of Americans who never hesitate to lean on the Bible to justify their own anti-gay attitudes. It's a reminder that uh, not to put down organized religion, but to recognize that the true pearls that great faiths give us bring us closer to God, closer to one another, and nearer to ourselves. About 12 years ago, a fun and creative yet sacred book came out by an author named A.J. Jacobs called The Year of Living Biblically. A.J. Jacobs tries for a whole year to follow every rule and guideline set forth in the Bible. And you, you quickly learn that these rules were often meant for the people of the time. They were not meant for us all to be practicing all the time today. So he he grows the long beard and doesn't shave. Uh, He actually gets a rock and throws it at someone he knew who had an extramarital affair. Uh, He wears the tunic and so forth. And and, uh, it's humorous. You know, he shares, I'm not a religious person. The only time I ever use the word Lord is if it's followed by of the rings. Uh, And he continues this living. And yet he discovers in the Holy Bible these rich spiritual practices that begin to have a huge effect on his life. Prayer, forgiveness, taking a Sabbath day, a day off just to be with God. And his favorite, gratitude. And he shares about it here. He says, my obsession with gratefulness. I can't stop. Just now I press the elevator button and I'm thankful that it arrives quickly. I get onto the elevator and I'm thankful that the elevator cable didn't snap and plummet me to the basement. I go to the fifth floor and I'm thankful that I didn't have to stop on the second or third or fourth floor. I get out and I'm thankful that Julie left the door unlocked so I don't have to rummage for my King Kong key ring. I walk in and I'm thankful that Jasper is home and healthy and stuffing his face with pineapple wedges and on and on and on. I'm actually muttering to myself, thank you, thank you, thank you. It's an odd way to live but also kind of great and powerful. I've never before been so aware of the thousands of little good things, the thousands of things that go right every day. Love the moment. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And allow your gratitude to create a sea of momentum that carries you into even greater and more expansive blessings. Jacobs concludes, I now believe that whether or not there's a God, there's such a thing as sacredness. Life is sacred. The Sabbath can be a sacred day. Prayer can be a sacred ritual. There is something transcendent beyond the everyday. It's possible that humans created this sacredness ourselves, but that doesn't take away from its power or importance. One last quote to share with you today from Coretta Kent, who shares, Love the moment, and the energy of the moment will spread beyond all boundaries. Love the moment, and the energy of that movement, of that love, will push you past the self-identification that says, I'm not enough, life isn't enough, 
This is missing struggle, COVID, this, that, holding me back. Love the moment and allow that love to move you past all the limitations of mind and of conditions around you. Know that this love is what you need. It's what your loved ones need. It's what our country needs. It's what, the, what God herself needs from all of us. Love the moment and allow the energy of this moment to push us past all boundaries, to live in a greater gratitude, to be more receptive to even greater blessings, to have a creative appreciation that puts us back in the driver's seat of our heart and of our life, knowing that what fuels us is not the pessimism, but the faith and drive that moves us forward. So closing in prayer, I invite you to join me wherever you are this morning, this afternoon, this evening, whatever day and time. We are one mile high in an incredible number of places. And yet we come together to form this mile high consciousness. And this consciousness is the consciousness of a divine presence. It is the consciousness of healing. It is the consciousness of wisdom and inner knowing. It is the consciousness of gratitude and appreciation. And what I know to be true for each and every person participating in this prayer today, that even as we are making a way out of no way, God is with us. A divine love is with us. And the divine seed of our potential and possibility is as strong as ever within our individuality and within our collective oneness. And we are bringing it forth through an ever-increasing receptivity and openness to express the grandeur, the magnificence, the holy preciousness of the truth within each and every one of us. Be true to it, and it will be true to you. Be true to this spirit, and it will not just magnify the many blessings of our lives, but it will multiply them. Giving thanks for this good, giving thanks for the healings happening right here and right now. We celebrate this oneness, this gratitude, this deep appreciation and allow it to create that much more dynamically in our lives. I release this prayer into that creative principle of divine possibility, of divine incubation, knowing with deep trust the highest and best continues to come forward. And so it is. Thank you for listening to the Mile High Church podcast. This podcast is made possible by the generous contributions from listeners like you. If you'd like to make a donation, please visit us at milehighchurch.org. Have a fabulous day.